It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Support for Heart and Hand is brought to you by Manscaped. Now, folks, I've had a tough couple of weeks and I didn't have a lot of hair left to pull out anyway. But one area where I do have hair, and frankly, I'm going to keep it, is in my trousers. However, I know a lot of you, um, much to my own surprise, enjoy nothing more than a Sean Scrotum, as Dr. Evil told us all those years ago. It's breathtaking. And I'm also reliably informed uh, it's popular with your partner, um, who enjoy that sort of thing if uh, they don't want to wade through a forest to get to the goodies. But, uh, yep, Manscaped, if you are one of those people who enjoys, um, shall we say, going au naturel in the tackle department that's uh, the company to go with uh, it's sleek well de- uh, designed optimised trimmer and it makes shaving one of your favourite things to do in the bathroom uh, I didn't know that we had a list of favourite things to do in the bathroom but anyway um, the the new 4.0 is absolutely fantastic I mean this thing I, I, I tried it on my face and it works so I mean with the slightly less shall we say uh toughened up hair in the in the kind of front bottom area then i think you'll be on to a winner um, manscape engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality it's very comfortable grooming experience this is a fourth generation trimmer um, and it's a, a cutting edge ceramic blade so it'll reduce grooming accidents nobody wants a nick on their nuts let's be honest so if Manscaped are the thing for you if you want to hit the dancing this weekend. Um, your face might be covered, but let's make sure that your cock and balls aren't. Uh, all you need to do is go to manscaped.com and use the code RANGERS. That's 20% off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and uh, use the code RANGERS. Don't send me photos. <laughs> Good evening, welcome to your second free Heart and Hand show of the week. I'm your host, Adam Thornton, and on tonight's show, we'll be recapping last night's 2-0 defeat to Leon and looking ahead to Flag Day at Ibrox this Sunday against Motherwell. Joining me to do this is James Tessier. Tess, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, my friend. Yourself? I am not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. And we also have Andy McGowan. Andy, how's things? I'm pretty good, considering I'm pretty good. I um let's start with last night's game then, Tess. I think we'll just jump into it. Um, I'll start with you. Uh, obviously, always disappointing to lose any game, regardless of opposition or, or scenario. But what were your thoughts on it overall? You know what, mate? I'd been saying all week that it'd be two 0 to Leon. Um, I, I don't know why, but I I just hmm. had a feeling that's what was going to happen. Now I'd never bet against my own team, but I sort of wish that I had. So, in a way, I'd sort of conditioned myself for defeat because I was expecting it. But the way we started, I thought we started really well. Um, I'd argue that in parts of that first half, it's up there with the best we've played all season. Uh, Second half wasn't much cop, let's be right. But 
that first half performance, performance, mate, that was like we were starting to get the old Rangers back. Yeah, Andy, um, what's your thoughts on it? I thought overall Leon deserved their win. Um, they will come on to their goals, but they were pretty much their only two good chances of the game. What was what was your take on it overall? Uh, much like Tess, I didn't expect much. I thought last night it was a free hit, and I know we're Rangers and we shouldn't be getting into games thinking that, but I think um always get a heavy dose of realism in terms of the differences between these teams are playing. You've seen it last year, we've been FICA, massive budgets, and we competed very well. It was the same kind of scenario last night. If we got anything out of it, it would be, you know, a good result. So I thought, you know, you could frame it as a wonder goal and a lucky goal. But I kind of thought Leon were pretty much in control for most of the game. We huffed and puffed. We didn't have any real zip. I don't think we, apart from maybe the Kent chance, Lundstrom chance, and the free kick for Tavernier, there wasn't much kind of cutting edge for us at all. So I'm, I'm disappointed to lose. I don't think I don't think we performed poorly per se. I think we could have done a lot more. I think a, a, a full, fully firing and uh, really fit Rangers team that we've seen last year would have probably gave Leon a far, far greater game. But um, it shades of Braga. Braga played us off the park at home, if you remember, for the first mm-hmm. hour. And uh, we were two nothing down, and and you know you lived with that hope because of that, but I don't think it was ever on the cards. We would have needed something to really spark last night, and there was there was nothing there to be honest. Yeah, it, it was strange. Um, I don't really know how to I don't really know how to describe Leon because um, I think like you said, when you get that two 0 up, when you're a team of of their quality, they're they're going to see out the game, and you can say overall. Um, uh, they they had a couple of gears to go up, and we always do that. I think when we talk about opposition teams, we always say they look like they had another level, but didn't. It's almost like it's a positive for them that oh they could they could play better than that. Whereas for ourselves, we never seem to say that. We never seem to say ah but we could play better. Um, we didn't play our best either. Um, for me, uh, and if we had, like you said, if it was last year or, or even Shades of Braga, then then who knows? I just felt like it was really weird overall. Um, it did feel like a kind of end to end game at times, but like you said, you've pretty much named all the chances that that occurred. Mm-hmm. It was it was a wee bit of a non event in that side as well, so it kind of felt a bit strange. Um, let's get the goals out of the way first, then, Tess, as as Andy said. Um, Kent loses the ball on the half line. Um, I think they crowd them out quite well. There, there's three of them on them, uh, and there was a couple of men on them at every time. It's obvious that they, they knew his, his danger uh, on the counter but we end up getting caught um, such a good finish from Akambi the manager spoke after the game about how the team had been drilled not to let him cut in on his right foot as he's got that quality um, it is Lundstrom who moves over to cover which is what we expect in these situations but but Tessa I, I think he could have been slightly quicker to actually get over to close him down but either way he can't be letting him cut in um, but it's an incredible finish as well so I can't really be too hard on him what we've got to bear in mind is that that was a world-class finish. It was, it's one of them whereby, if, if I, unfortunately, I wasn't there last night, um, but if I'd have been there, I'd have given it a good amount of applause because it was magnificent. So you could argue that if that was uh, an ordinary player, shall we say, and we'd given him that much space, we wouldn't have been punished in such a manner. But as you say, if, if the players have been told not to let him quit inside in his right, and that's what he's done then obviously we've seen the outcome of that. So that makes it disappointing. I thought we could have done better in the run-up to it. But again, like I say, you you can't legislate for somebody pulling a shot like that out of the bag because that, that was absolutely world-class. But again, we, we, we could have closed down a bit more. Um, it's 
it, 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 it is disappointing because that goal for me came out of nothing. I thought up until that point, Rangers had been on top. We'd been knocking on the door, not quite got through, but we had momentum. We were really, the crowd really getting behind it. It was really looking good. And that goal is sort of not the suffering out of us for a bit. So, again, there's not much you can do when a player is going to shoot like that. But, again, they could have closed them down a wee bit more. And it was disappointing, the timing, because we were really, really starting to turn the screw on them at that point. Andy, you, you mentioned Kent having a good shot and, and Lundstrom as well. I think this is probably our best spell of the game, really. Um, I, I I was quite pleased, actually, in in this first half when we seen Goldson getting on the ball. The amount of diagonals he was getting over to to Barisic or, or into Kent, I thought was, was really good. There was a couple over the top as well that... Um, we can come on to talk about Kent in, in more detail later on, but I felt if he had a wee bit more pace about him last night, where he looked he looked quite slow, I felt like there was a couple of opportunities in there. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying their defence looked ropey at times, but they, they certainly weren't an abrupt wall. Um, I felt that there were some gaps that we were finding, but I think overall the difference was that Leon defenders had enough pace to get back to cover for their mistakes. But overall, first half, what, what did you think? Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think to to, to talk about the Leon defence, right? I, I, to my eyes, right, I'm not an expert. I thought they played a pretty high line yeah. when they didn't have the ball, and that's where you're, you're referring to the, the the diagonals that Goldson's so good at. And there was a couple of opportunities we thought we're nearly in there, we're nearly in, and I don't think we've done it enough, or maybe Leon got wise to it because you had a couple of Barisic, you had a couple of the top to. Um, Kent and I think there was one to Alfie mm-hmm. so, that, so there was obviously a, a few dividends that could have been derived from that if we'd have kept with it but I, th- I thought the first 20 minutes both teams were sloppy, they were getting the ball away there was misplaced passes and as Tess says we, we were creating stuff without being a powerhouse uh, and, and I don't know about you guys but I, I just didn't feel, I didn't have the belief last night that we had enough to, to really hurt them and I think they knew that. They, they, they had a kind of an economy of movement as a team. They, they, they're very well drilled. They were actually very similar to the last Peter Boys team that came over with Leverkusen, weren't they? The way they shape up, the way they move, the way they, they, um, the way they play without the ball. You mentioned about crowding out. I mean, their crowding out and their, their harrying was, was really brilliant, I thought. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing we've lost a wee bit since last year. So last year we were really, really good hunting in packs, winning a ball back high up the park. And it's that you, you miss the likes of Ryan Jack. And, and I'm not going to cons- subscribe to, you know, Ryan Jack becomes a better player because he's no played for us. But he is kind of integral in nights like last night for um, setting the tone in terms of retrieval. Davis does it does it as well. He had a kind of wee bit an off night by his standards last night. So we were missing that wee bit. They were doing to us what we should really be doing to them, which is getting their uh, their ball players under pressure. Their two Brazilians were brilliant, I've got to say. They they were champion league players, Paqueta, who's the one in Gamares. Yeah. I thought I thought the two of them were, you know, silk and, and I think they're, they're, they're probably I know Gamares is one of them's been at Milan, isn't he? I think they're going to bigger and better things, but they were I thought they were brilliant. Um so you're up against a top class midfield last night, you've got to say, and I, I was no no going to be popular. I was glad Dembele wasn't playing because I think that would have given the cutting edge that Slamani didn't he? So um you know, we could have went in at half time with something. I th- my feeling at half time was we were we were okay getting in at one nothing. I've got to be honest, I thought we're still alive. 
they'd missed a really good chance for a cutback um, just before half time with the right back. Gusto missed one. Um, so I felt lucky again at one nothing, but we were still in the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I think you're spot on. Paquita and Guimaraes were, were very good. I like I thought um Emerson at left back as well, who's who's mm-hmm. obviously just just off the the Euros we Lakes Chelsea. I thought he he showed his quality in the game as well. I I, I think overall, um, they deserved the win. I would say. I know we're just talking about the first half just now, but I think the overall they deserved the win. And and there's an element we'll come on to later on, around um whether or not they just shut up shop when they could have went for more goals mm-hmm. or, or or what. So we can we can discuss that when we get into it. But Tess coming out for the second half then, um. I had hoped, like we do so many times against uh, in in the Gerard era, is the, he comes out after half time and we go at teams, we come out as the aggressors uh, more often than not. But I actually thought it was Leon who did that, and they they kind of looked like they had a wee bit of renewed hunger about them. You could argue we finished the first half better, um, but they came out and they came they seemed right up for it um, for the first fifteen minutes or so of the second half, and they obviously get get that second goal right in the middle of that. It, Again, it's it's one of these things. It's not a positive and, and negative thing. Just because they were properly up for it doesn't mean that we weren't, and and maybe they just were better in that period of time. But I definitely thought they had the upper hand in that that first fifteen or twenty minutes, so the first half. I was quite worried at the start of the second half that we were going to get blown away. Um, Leon came out. They were they were like a completely different team. Rangers were chasing shadows. I mean, okay, that the, their their second goal was a comedy of errors. Um, you know, it's pinboard in the box, and when that happens, the ball can go literally anywhere. And unfortunately for us, it came off tab and went into the back of our net. Uh, but no, I, I, I thought that we were going to get blown away, and that, that that's something that under Gerard hasn't happened. Um, we, we've never gone lost the goal, and then I mean, apart from Malmo uh, with the two two goals in five minutes or whatever, we've never really had it conceded and then just gone to pieces. So. That was at the back of my mind, but at the same time, they, they, they were, they, it, it was night and day from the first half. Again, we've said Rangers started the first half well, finished the first half well. Malmo, Malmo, sorry, um, who did we play? Leon. Leon. <laughs> Leon's goal was an absolute wildy. You can't legislate things like that. The second half was complete about face. Leon were giving us no time on the ball. When they had the ball, we couldn't get it off them. They, 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 were, they were pinging it about. Every time they came forward, it looked like a threat. And it looked like Rangers were in danger of being overwhelmed. And the ironic thing is, it was them scoring the second goal that I don't know if they took their um, foot off the gas or if we decided, no, we need to wise up or else going to get a bit of a doing. But ironically, it was their second goal that changed the tide of the match again. And then it was, again, Rangers were once again knocking on the door without really... That wasn't that same zip that we've seen from the team in Europe, uh, certainly last season. Um, there, there wasn't the same intensity. We were the better team after they got their second goal, but they didn't really need to push forward because they had two goals in the bag. So, yeah, the, 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 like I said, the, the start of the second half, mate, I was worried and it, 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 took, it took their goal to get us start playing again. It did. Um, Andy, Tess mentioned the second goal there as as a comedy of errors. Um, I don't think you know, we're, we're far wrong. It's just these these fine margins that that good teams are going to punish you with. But in, in saying that, Kent does really well to win the ball back on, on the edge of your area, and then I think rather than just trying to clear it or or pass it out of danger, he he looks to try and twist away from his man and keep possession. He obviously gets crowded out, like we said earlier on, and and loses the ball from that point. Um, we're kind of always in the back foot, but there's a lovely little reverse 
pass from Paqueta into the box. Uh, great save from McGregor, but then from that point, it's really just a lottery, I think, for me. Ball drops to Guimarães, I think it was. Balogun sticks a leg out, it then falls to Slomani. Goldson blocks on the line and it hits off Tavernier and goes in. There's three situations there that just don't fall our way. Well, the situation at the start for Kent to lose the ball and then to get the initial shot is poor for me. It's a, it's a really tough one to take, I think, particularly at that moment and to go 2-0 down against this team, that was a bit of a sore one to happen at that time. The actual, I mean, the finality of the goal was unlucky, but yeah. if you let players like Paqueta get in those positions with their, their two full-backs and then, you, you know, you're nearly in a six-yard box at that point, you're in, you're in the shit. And, you know, Salmani should really have finished it, to be honest. Right, I mean, Goldson managed to get in front of it, but Slomani should have finished it completely. It was actually yeah. a pretty poor miss for him. So you can see it was unlucky, but you can see it was lucky that Slomani never finished it. So I think it was a, I mean, the build up to our play made it a good goal as far as I'm concerned. But McGregor made a fantastic save. But we're kind of losing those goals. We're losing goals that we wouldn't be losing last season. Now, whether that's just because last year was off the scale in terms of concentration, focus, well, to win, whatever it is, we're kind of losing goals. Like you look back at the Malmo game, and there was goals in there that you're like, that's no, it's no good enough. It really, at any level, it's no good enough for Rangers. So, but but the same went in, it was all over. It really was, and I do think that they have a brain as a football team that they knew that, you know, we were going to have to come out a wee bit more. And we did, but we did it very slowly because we made substitutions incrementally and I think we only had two midfielders on at the, the final whistle, but they, they knew that they were going to have other opportunities. We actually did well to kind of push the game for, from our point of view to chase it without losing more goals. That That's my God's honest truth because we went to two, I thought we're going to have to open up a wee bit here, we're going to have to get bodies forward and they were very, very well equipped for picking it off. So, you know, two not actually... I wouldn't say it flattered us or flattered them. I think we done well to to, to get to the game two nothing. Given that, as I say, substitutions changed. It would four strikers on, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Sakala, right, uh, Roof, and uh, yeah, Morelos finished the game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So we'd four, we'd four forwards on there. So the fact that we never get picked off is something in itself. Um, but there's a lot to learn. I mean, perspective. I, I, I wasn't gutted or anything coming out of the ground last night because, as, as Tess says, you, you, this is a team, and I don't like to say turnover versus your turnover because that could be level, leveled at us in Scotland, but it's true. I mean, this is a 300 million euro turnover club. They've got vast resources by comparison to ours, and we're punching our, above our weight if you want to look at it that way. Um, they are Champions League. They should be in the Champions League, just as Benfica last year were a, cha- a Champions League team. And uh, it's only natural that the level of quality that that buys them is probably going to show up over the course of 90 minutes. Um, I, I, it's the, I think that's the first time I've been beating the group stages under Gerard at home. Yeah, I think uh, that's the case. So we've really only had Leverkusen and then obviously Malmo this year for, for Champions League. It's a tremendous record. It really is a tremendous record. So there, there's got to be perspective in that. A couple of things that are at play here, Adam. The, the Europe, European record is pretty exquisite by uh, relation to where we were. And also last year, and the standards that we set last year, it was always going to be a huge, huge ask to maintain that into another season. 
And and I kind of suspected that the intensity and the absolute focus of last year, it takes a toll. And and, and we're seeing it with likes of Ken. It takes a toll mentally and physically. We, we Ken, I don't think, has been fit once this season. And I think he's he's done well to be playing most weeks. And I think it took its toll last night when you've seen, seen him pull up. And I think there's a couple of players in that kind of area where they're, they're not quite as, as sharp as they were last year. Um, and it could be because we had a really, really the most solid of pre-seasons last year, given the the, um, the situation, the, the lockdown and, and the extended kind of time we had together. And, and it was shown up in that documentary that Rangers made about the fact that we were able to compartmentalise work with defenders, with the midfield, with the, with the forwards, and really, really get to to grips with things. I don't know if that's been the case this year. So I'm 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 totally cool about I've not said totally cool. Who who wants to get beat? But I'm I'm not throwing the toys out because I think we're going to get better. I think we have to get better this year. And and the fact that we're still competing pretty well in Scotland last night, I think, is probably always going to be the case. I think we're we're always going to be fighting for second place in this group. I think it's still a, a real possibility that we can do that. Um, there's, a, there's still a bit to play for. So, no, nah, I'm uh, I'm copacetic, as they say. There's a good word for you. Hmm. I, I'm I'm pretty similar. Um, I, I just want to round off that that quality conversation test. That, that always me a bit of chat around the quality of the team that we're facing, and, and it tends to come in those those kind of bigger bigger games. If you like, I'm thinking immediately Porto, Benfica, Feyenoord, um, Leverkusen, uh, and then this one. That, oh, they're a good team, or oh, this and, and all that. I, I, but I do think we talk about it in quite a vague way. Um, it's funny, though, because sitting at the game last night, and I know European day trippers, etc., you, you can get all cast of many thousands, but sitting at the game last night, you'd think some people would think we're playing against a junior team with, with some of the shouts. There was shouts coming from, from behind me, press them, press them, do this, do that. Score. I'm like, I, I think we need to understand sometimes that we're not saying they're, they're world beaters, Tess. We're not saying they're the, the greatest version of even their, their selves that they are, Leon. But as Andy said, in a game that was kind of even overall, if we go 2-0 down to a team like that and we just go gung-ho and start trying to get goals back, it, it could end up being a proper sore one. Yeah, if, 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 if we, that game was gone at 2-0... Uh, Gerard would never admit it and I'd never want him to but I think he'd have known that as well so then he's got two choices we either chase the game to try and appease the crowd and get a doing because we'd, we'd have gaff, gaps that they'd have gladly and happily exploited or you sit in you don't sort of shut up shop and hope we don't concede anymore but yeah, you play conservatively shall we say whilst still attacking and obviously that, that, that's the option that we went for again I thought after the second goal, we'd, we'd tartened up, started playing a bit more of our football, but with absolutely no no spark or cohesion. But that's that that's been lacking all season, you know. So that last night wasn't a, a misnomer in that sense. But yeah, you know the the, the crowd, the Rangers support, the way we are, we've been brought up with success, and it spoiled us in a lot of ways. So when we do get when we do get nights like that against them. Um, more expensively assembled opposition is probably the fairest way to put that. Um, when we do come up against sides like that, you are going to get people who are going to expect Rangers to take the game to them and boss them and be on top. And as you say, that's realistically, that's not going to happen. We've, you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure about punching above our weight. I think we've proved 
over the past two seasons that were a last 16 Europa League side that we've done it two years in a row there's no reason why we can't do it again this season that that that's where we are the difference being Lyon are a last 16 Champions League side that step up it's huge you know they they are in in, in they, they, they play in a stronger league their resources are greater than ours due to playing in a stronger league better TV deal with sponsorship blah 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 so obviously they, they can attract um. You can spend more money on on transfer fees and wages, and obviously with 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 with, with that comes a a higher standard. So yeah, you know it's understandable that people are going to get pissed off when we're not being as attacking as we want. We're Rangers, we wouldn't have it any other way, mate. But yeah, you got to be realistic, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's you and that, Adam. Andy, I was just going to say on the quality question, we've got players in there that. I was a wee bit disappointed with it, and I'm going to pick on Joe Aribo. Joe Aribo, I've said on this podcast before, he can kind of do whatever he wants in the game if he gets that killer mentality his manager had, because his ability is unquestionable. And he should or could be doing the kind of things that the likes of Camby was doing for them last night, you know, that killer moment. He, he is capable of that. And I don't know if it was just last night they were too strong against him individually, but he's a kind of player, Kent maybe when he was fully fit, certainly Morelis, they three are the, are the players that should be showing their quality. Um, and last night, they, they never came close to it, I thought. It's just a wee, a wee thing that I think is a, a missed opportunity for these guys to really show what they're all about. Yeah, I agree on the Aribo thing. Um, I know that he's he's beloved by, by many and I think he's, he's great and he absolutely has his his place, but when we we talk about oh he's got great potential and he can go and do this and he can go and do that, he's 25. Like uh-huh. <laughs> there comes a point where you can't say you've got great potential anymore. I think I agree. I think in the bigger games he does a he does a good job as a kind of connector or a link type player. But in terms of going and owning one of these games, I mean obviously the yes. Braga goal was as obviously the Braga goal was yes. exceptional. But in terms of owning one of these games, I don't see it too much. And that's not to be critical of him. Overall, I think he does absolutely have his place in the team, but um, I think it's maybe symptomatic, I guess. There's an element, I think, for me, Andy, of a flatness to um, to our play just now. Um, and I think we're, we're kind of getting to the stage where we can be past blaming the disruptions of pre-season, albeit we've, we've had a number of COVID issues. And people talk about a lack of hunger um, or possibly a lack of hunger, the players not being able to get themselves up for these games after such a good season last season. Uh, I take a wee bit of issue with that personally. Uh, Andy, I don't really buy into it. I think given the some of the players, what they've been through over the, the five plus years that they've been here, never mind when just when Gerard came in, I don't think it would be allowed for a team to suddenly drop their levels. Um, I think people love to look for themes and they love to look for examples of history repeating itself in sport but we barely won the league last year and people were asking if we thought we'd fall off a cliff this year I just don't really buy into that lack of hunger what's your what's your thoughts on that uh, yeah, I, I mean first of all define lack of hunger and, and what you're reading into because um, if you're on I, I mean I've seen teams Rangers teams without with a lack of hunger <laughs> we've, we've seen them in the no too far distant past and I've seen players that are only trying to leg and I don't think that's ever going to be tolerated under the current regime at all. And I think it would stick out like a sore thumb. And I think you need to differentiate between a slight dip in form and fitness and sharpness versus a lack of desire. 
And I think, I mean, I'll, I'll pick I'll pick a Goldson here because there's there's noise around him because of his contract situation. As if we've got a divine right to say it's somebody you'd have play with with always having two or three years on your contract left or else you're you're not committed. I mean it's just unrealistic and it's mm-hmm. not it's not it's not footed in the real world. It's nonsense. And that's just part and parcel of football now. And I think sometimes football fans, not just Rangers fans, they they demand utterly exemplary um standards and everything right you must be committed by signing this contract you must be committed to getting it as tackle you must be committed to play through injury all this kind of stuff it's just no realistic and i mean we, we talked about kent there and how he's not been fat and he's, we, all, we all can see that he's no quite in fact he's nowhere near where he was last year when he was at his best but i mean after this healthy game it came out that he'd been playing with an injury that would have kept a mere mortal out for four weeks or something like that. it's a hamstring and for a guy like him who's sharp nippy twists and turns hamstrings are pretty fucking important you know so yeah i think there's loads of that going on in that team that that goes um unheralded i don't think rangers in the, are in the habit now of broadcasting injuries you just need to look at how tight they've been with hellander you know we don't even know what type of knee injury that is so there'll be loads of wee niggles and knocks and strains and pulls that our players are playing through um, so I, I just do not buy it. I mean, you need to look at Steven Gerrard. You try to tell me that Steven Gerrard is going to watch these players along with his backroom team and, and allow that to fester or to give them game time. It's not going to. It's not happening. Just on that Kent point before I move on to 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 ask Tess something else. Um, if he had to play, like you said, if he had to play through the pain against Celtic, fair enough, I can I can understand that. If he's still doing it three weeks later, I think that was possibly a an accident waiting to happen. It was those moments when the ball came over the top, Andy. I don't think that's that's nothing to do with form or working yourself into into the game or or trying too hard. It's a ball over the top for somebody who's absolutely rapid, and he just looked like he wasn't keen to put those afterburners on at all. Um, but I don't think that's anything to do with anything other than he's maybe a little bit nervous that there's a a possible hamstring injury there from what I've seen so I, I, I agree with you on that one I think there's, there's a there's a combination of all those things on top of people going away to red countries and coming back people getting Covid people having niggling injuries I think there is quite a lot of that um, but I think we're probably starting to move past that point or hopefully starting to move that past that point Tess just the, the last thing on that that general flatness if you want to call it and I don't just mean on the pitch I mean in the stands etc I think the Malmo losses were a big disappointment, I think, for, for the fans. I don't think many people thought it would be plain sailing to get into the Champions League, but you know what it's like. Once you have that carrot there, it almost becomes the the expectation or, or a confirmed aspiration, if you like. So it doesn't make it any less disappointing to go out if, if it was still a potential. But I, I do think it sort of missed, messed a little bit with expectations there. The reactions, for example, to going through against Alishkirt for the Europa were so much more muted than when we qualified against Ufa, Legia, Warsaw or Galatasaray. Obviously, it's great to be in the Europa, but do you think that kind of disappointment factor is kind of clouding things just now in the early early months? It possibly is, mate, yeah, but I think that's more... I don't think that's just the range of support. That's football in general. We've been told for 30 years now that the Champions League is a be-all and end-all of anything. And if you're not in it, then you're nothing. You've, you've got teams in the, you've got absolute nothing clubs in the English Premier League who will get into the um, Europa League. I look at Leicester a couple of years ago, a complete no mark, nothing club. And they were taking it for granted because they'd rather finish fourth in the Premier League to get in the Champions League. 
you know, it, it's ridiculous that the, the, the bottom line is you can only piss with the cock you've got, right? We can only win the competition that we're in. We're in the Europa League. Yet, it would be nice to be in the Champions League and get a little bit more money. It would be nice to see a better standard of opposition uh, play at Ibrox. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I go to watch Rangers, not who we're playing. But, you, you know, when you, get, when you get your Milans and your Juventuses and your Real Madrid's coming to town, it's, it's glamour. You know what I mean? You can't deny that. But the fact of the matter is, we weren't good enough to get in the Champions League. If we were good enough to be in the Champions League, mate, we'd have beat Malmo, we'd be in it. We weren't good enough. It's gone, forget about it, leave it. Win the league this season, we'll go straight into the group stages next year. We'll think about it next August. We're in the Europa League now. We've, we've all, players, fans, everybody, we've all got to realise that's where we are. That is our level. We're a last 16 Europa League club. Now, we need to push on from there. And the way we're going to push on from there is to get to that level again and then advance. But to get to that level, we've all got to turn up. You know what I mean? The, the dark, I'm not I'm not sorry the performance yesterday, as I've said. I was, although we lost 2 0, I don't know if it's because I'd expected us to lose by that scoreline, so I wasn't surprised or really disappointed. But we played well in, we played as well as we played all season in, in fits and starts. One goal was complete circus stuff, the other goal was absolute wieldy. It happened, it's gone, we move on. But what we've got to stop, stop doing is taking it for granted because that's where we are, that's our level. You know, we, we've done absolutely incredible in Europe under Gerard. Um, in the three seasons previous to this. The main thing that he's done for us all, he's given us our pride back. He's given us our pride back in the stand. He's given us our pride back on the park. People in Europe now don't want to come to play at Ibrox in European nights because of our Gerard's rejuvenated us. It'd be such a shame if people start taking that for granted. Just think some of some of our best teams in our lifetime, certainly in the 90s, we were shit in Europe, mate. You know, pe- pe- we, we, we were awful. We, we obviously were we were chasing the nine and domestic success was, I suppose you'd say, the priority of the way things turned out. But, you know, we were awful in Europe. Prior to Gerard coming, there was a, just the, the debacle of progress. You know, Super Ali's um, first season as manager, we, we managed to go out in both the qualifying rounds. So people have got to look back at how it was with previous successful Rangers teams and realise that, in a way, we've never had it so good. We, sh- we shouldn't be taking this for granted, mate. We should all be enjoying the ride. And European nights at Ibrox should never be treated as a bonus because that's where we should be, mate. We're Rangers football club, one of the biggest teams in the world. We should be playing group stage European football, right? But what the fans have got to do is realise that we're not elevated to that next level yet. What we've got, back the players, realise that where we are is where we deserve to be. So what I mean, don't take it for granted. Again, I can't believe we're even having this conversation because it's ridiculous, but it's a symptom of modern football, mate. If you ain't in the Premier League or the Champions League, you're nothing. You know, and a team like Rangers, I'm not saying we should be grateful to be in Europe, but when you look at the last 10 years, then it's a we, we didn't know if we'd ever see these days again. You know, like I say, Gerard's given us our pride back on, on the European theatre. We've had some great European nights backs over the years. And if people are taking that kind of stuff for granted or are bored or wishing there was somewhere else, go somewhere else. There's plenty of people who want to be there will take your seats. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Andy, I guess just on that then, when, when you've got such incremental progress as there's been over the, the last three years and, and now the fact that we're champions is it just natural that there's going to be a general raising of expectations and, and like said Tess said maybe not taking it for granted but we've qualified for this three years in a row already it's now the base expectation if we mm. didn't get there it's a disaster but if we're there then fair enough but we could have got better is that do you think that's generally fair that we're, we would say the support maybe sits on it 
Yes, I mean, Tess is right, but the expectation is healthy. I mean, in any walk of life, doesn't matter football or your personal life, whatever, your expectations, incremental um, improvement is unstoppable because you can always go an inch more. You can always go an inch more. And and that's where you get to places. And, I mean, what, what Tess is saying is right because you've got to get the balance between stomp to smell the roses but want more. And, I mean, we, we, we're smelling roses because we, we were smelling shit for that long, right? And and we were in the pits. And it's becoming a bit of a distant memory now because we've kind of exercised all the demons and that, that title last year was a, was a kind of the final thing we had today. And that's why it was such an outpouring of joy. But by the same token, you're completely right, Adam, that we, we, we quite, and I made a comment on Twitter, we qualified this year and there wasn't much of a fan for as Tess says. It was kind of like, ah, well, good, we're back in the Europa League group stages. We've, we're taking it for granted already. And we shouldn't, because there's an uncomfortable truth in that at this moment in time, our level is Europa League. If we'd get into the Champions League this year, it would have been a stupendous achievement. Financial, you know, financially supercharged the club. Um, but football-wise, what a stretch it would have been, I yeah. think, personally speaking. And I think we would have been maybe in territory where, you know, where I had a few arse smackings. But, you know, as Tess says as well, that that is then how you get that next inch because you get more finance, your players become better for it. And uh, this is why this season so important. This season is actually more important financially than last year could ever be um, because of the, the automatic entry. So... We've got to keep our eye on the prize. We're in a very good place. We've got to get better. But the fact that we're, you know, the old adage that you win when you're playing poorly as a sign of champions, that's kind of where we are just now domestically. And in European, uh, Europa League, I still think, I mean, Bronby and Sparta Prague, we, we, they should be looking at Rangers and saying, right, we've got really tough games home and away against these teams because we're, we're fairly seasoned and respectable European team just now. And that's thanks to Gerard. I think... I'm probably straying back to football here, but injuries will play a big part in how we do the uh, European because I think that that the homegrown rule has kind of creeped up in us. I, I bet I hope the, hope the fans in Ibrooks last night don't know anything about that homegrown rule, mm-hmm. but it's going to it's starting to hurt us not quite as much as the old foreigner rule, three foreigner rule, but it's a it's going to um, going to affect our ability to compete. Um, so. Aye, let's smell the roses, but let's be realistic. We always want more, and that's totally healthy. That's that's where Rangers have been are born from, and 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 the goofy. I think context is a funny thing. I think we're we're so used to we talk about last season and how and obviously we went unbeaten and it was relentless, etc. But we've kind of been playing this way since about January, just kind of managing, getting through the games, clocking up victories for the most part, and and just powering powering on. It was really this time last year with that. Great run, as you mentioned, pre-season, everything falling for us, unbeaten through the Europa groups. That was where we won the league, and that's where the season was really from from January onwards. For me, it was just that managing it, getting through, and we're we're playing that way now. Obviously, I would say we had more highs uh, last season um, in 2021, sorry, uh, than, than we've maybe had this year in terms of player performance, etc. But we're just kind of getting through a little bit, I think, just now. Yeah, and, and it goes back to if you're a functional team, and, and Tess referred to the, the Walters team and stuff like that. Adam, you old enough to remember that? 
Aye, just just about, oh, aye. Just about. And and what you had there was a team that when they were on their game they were brilliant and you had superstars and you had, you had fantastic quality. But then when the when the kind of levels dipped, you still had a functional team yep. that could get through games. And it's that kind of baseline standard. And then you just need to dip your head above that racing standard for five, ten minutes in the game, and it's enough to get you the points, the three points. And so we don't need to be firing all cylinders to still be a competitive team and to be a very hard team to beat and to be a, and to find a match winner here or there. That's a really good place to be in because I think I mean, they're separated brethren across the road. They're, they're going through their Warburton and steroids period, and they're, they're going to find that, you know, uh, if you're not firing all cylinders, you've got to find an alternative way to win games. And they they will find that away grounds this year when it's not quite gone for them, and then they will be relying on that spark of genius or whatever. We we are far more weathered in terms of being able to do that now. I mean, St Johnson is a case in point. We're playing all right. We're controlling the game. We weren't really doing much in terms of the final third, but we know that at some point somebody's going to chip in with a bit of brilliance, and that's what happens. So you know, we find ways to win, and we're in the rhythm of it. That's that you can't get that. You've got to earn it. David mentioned last night on on one of the I think it's the post match pod or the the press conference pod that had a very seven in a row feel about it just now. Um, I think that's a <laughs> that's a nice way to sum it up. Um, if the end game is yep. getting the title again, then I think everybody will be happy with that. Tess, just to finish off, um, before we move on to Motherwell and talk about some of the players, um, Balligan, lots of people. Rightly upset about Hellander's injury and, and how short it leaves it. But I thought Balligan did really well last night. Um, appreciate what Andy said earlier on about the difference between Dembele and Slimani. But Slimani is still a good striker as well. And they had that threat of a can be cutting inside too. But other than maybe a, a header that he headed back into danger in his own half, Balligan, I thought overall he did he did really well. He's, that's twice he's answered the call now when we've needed a mate. And he's letting it as Dan. Obviously, yeah. it right back against against um, Celtic and then last night he's, he's, he's a decent player you know his, his last game in Europe for well last season obviously when he got sent off against um, Slavia Prague he didn't exactly cover himself in glory that night but last night mate I thought he was th- th- there's there's a definite shout for saying that he was our best player you know he he, he came in he, he did what he had to do uh, there's every chance that he'd played had had been fit anyway because of the way that Leon play so you know the, I, I think last night was a game that was set up for his skill set, um, and he yeah he, he did well again. They the, they were all, they were all caught napping a wee bit for the second goal. Oh, I'd say a bit of pinboard in the six yard box, mate. It's it, you know that you never like to see that, but there's not really that much he, he himself could have done about it. But yeah, I, I, I thought he, he looked pretty solid again, mate. And you know whilst we all wish uh, Halander a, a speedy recovery. You know, if, if we've got to go through till Christmas with a centre-back partnership of Goldson and Balogun, I don't think you'll hear many people complaining. Yeah, um, I've always been, I've always thought Balogun gets a wee bit of unfair criticism. Positionally, he can sometimes be a wee bit shaky, but um, I'm more than happy with him as <clears throat> as a rotation option. And if he if he has to come in and do his job here, fingers crossed, he can do it well. I don't see there being too much of an issue there. Andy, uh, John Lundstrom, um, for me, I thought he still looked a little bit clunky at times. With the ball at his feet, there was a few decisions that I thought he could have made a wee bit better. Overall, though, I thought he had a a fairly good game, particularly when he moved deeper into that that number six role. Although you could argue that was at the time as Leon also took a step back, so there's maybe a, a double double edged sword there. But I thought it was a, a good performance. The manager himself said he thinks that was probably his best performance for us so far. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And 
mean, I've been watching them closely because it's a good signing. And, you know, we're talking about finances and everything else. And to get a guy like that from down south on a, on a Bosman, that's good work. That's that's a functioning football department. You don't get that by accident. And you can contribute. But we're well aware of where it's went wrong from this season in terms of Tanadice and, and then Malmo was an utter disaster for him. But I thought last night was his best game. I thought, as you say, Adam, he became more in himself when he moved centrally, more centrally, and a wee bit deeper, just as he was against Dunfermline. I'm not comparing Dunfermline to Leon, but I don't think it's any coincidence. His two games where he's looked the most fluid and the most relaxed and comfortable and probably most effective is when he's been central and when he's been looking shaky and uh, vulnerable and a bit of a weak link, it's when he's the, the further wide you put him, <laughs> to be honest. So I, I've, I've not really got any fears about Lundstrom. I, I really don't. I think that he's going to be one of these players that grows into being a Rangers player. And I think what will probably go in his favour is um, the more about Ray Davis, because I think he's a natural fit for that position. And uh, he can contribute. I mean, he can score goals. We've seen him come very, very close to getting an equaliser last night. I'd like to see him do more of that, get closer to the, the opposition penalty box and the edge of the penalty box and have a shot because we don't do that as a team for, uh, enough. So uh, I've talked about this to my dad because he was like, oh, he's not going to do and all the rest of it. And I, I said, listen, how many times have we been through this where we've signed a player, we've had an expectation We've all made our minds up after two months, three months. Yep. It's a hard thing to come in and be a Rangers player off the bat. You can, and, and always, I always, and folk that listen to the pod will say, oh, Andy's going back to this again. I always go back to Naismith. Stephen Naismith, good young player, knew the SPFL or SPL at the time, inside out, knew Rangers inside out because he was a, a fan, for goodness sake, came in and it took him two seasons to reach the standard. Right? And, and that's just one example. The, the place is littered with examples where it's taken them a good season to bed in. You can look at Aribo as the same. You know, it took him a yep. year to get to the standard where he was the kind of uh, responsibility that, that was required for, the, for his position. It happens all the time. So I, I have no fears about him. I think he'll get better. I think you'll probably see him more often in the team now as a starter. Um, and it may just coincide with Davis getting a wee bit more rest here. Uh, so no fears for me I think you'll get much better I'm away to get Lundstrom printed the back of my strip uh, You'll need to get Andy King scraped off the back of it first before you get, <laughs> before you get Lundstrom on what, what, what an opportunity my Andy King Tess, looking ahead to, to Flag Day then on Sunday Marlborough at Ibrox um, it's going to be a great day it'll be great to celebrate the, the title one more time it feels a wee bit weird celebrating Flag Day in the middle of September but it's been a weird 18 months or so uh, hopefully bit of chat about whether this will be closure on the title or not, but hopefully whatever it is, it gives us a spot to kick us on and give us incentive to start getting back to some of that free-flowing football we were seeing at times last year. I'm, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Mate, I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, I was at the last flag day in 2011 against Hearts. Um, that was a interesting weekend, shall we say. But no, I, <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember, was it a 1-1 draw that day? If I remember correctly. Uh, so, yeah, I was at the last one and I can't wait. In fact, when we were driving back home to Derby, it came on the radio that Amy Winehouse had died. So it, it was a very it was a very unusual weekend that was. But no, this one, mate, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I've only managed to get to um, two games this season. 
because uh, because of, of my work and that, and it's because I have to have a couple of days off midweek games. I'm saving them for later later on in the um, in, in in Europe. Um, so I've only managed to get to two games. So I'm absolutely buzzing to get back up the road on Sunday. Flag day, it's something. Oh, so the last one was July 2011. We've waited over 10 years for this. I think at the end of the at the end of the old firm when there was that moment when the players it seemed like about 10 minutes in reality it was maybe four or five minutes but it seemed like about 10 minutes when the players were just stood there and then they did a little lap of honour because that's the first time that we'd all obviously we'd we'd had Malmo was a full ass but we lost that one but this was the first time after a big game we'd had a full Ibrox and we got to celebrate with the players and whilst you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't call it a lap of honour they were doing. You, you could tell that that was their moment to reconnect with us, and it was beautiful, mate. It was really, I mean, winning winning an old firm is special anyway. But you've only got to see the videos after the match to know how special it was. It was I can't remember anything like it. It, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And Sunday's going to be the same thing, mate, because we never got to see them lift the trophy, but we'll get we'll all be there together. Friends and family will all be there together at Ibrox on Sunday, mate, and we'll get to see the raise that flag. Like I say, it's been, it's been ten years coming. Um, we're, we're we're more we're more than due the success that we're getting at the moment. You know, we're more than due the good times back. Well, like I say, I, I, I just can't wait to get back. I mean, I can't wait to get back up there, see a raise the league flag. I think we'll have a good performance, and I think we're gonna get a we're gonna get a big win on Sunday because I think that. I'm not going to say that they're going to put last season to Birdo exercise any goats of the past, but I just think that the crowd will carry them through. I think it's going to be like a party day. You know what I mean? Obviously, if we're, if we're losing at half-time or if it's like Motherwell um, Ibrox in December last year, it might not be. But I've just got a feeling everyone's going to be in a good mood. Everyone's going to be happy. You know what I mean? It's going to be a really nice day. I, I fancy us for a performance and a big win. And like I say, mate, I'm, I'm just pure buzzing for it now. Yeah, I hope so, I hope so. Um, Andy, it looks like Kent will definitely be it for this one. Uh, the manager mentioned maybe not even seeing him until after the next international break. Uh, he mentioned Morelos has a wee bit of a niggle uh, as well. It's obviously disappointing and you don't want any players to, to be missing out, but uh, the big chances for players like uh, Scott Wright and Fashion Sakala to get a wee bit more of a longer run in the team. Um, we'll see, I would imagine we'll see one of them certainly on on Sunday. Um, we've got such a big squad. When when players go out, you, you need to have players champing at the bit to come in to replace them. Yep, and uh, you're, you're correct. It's going to be an opportunity for some players there. But Morelis is the one that we miss. I mean, I, I I've been on record of saying that he knits it together. And and when he's not playing, we are a different team altogether, and no, not a good way. But in saying that, Roof brings something different. His movements dynamite. He looks sharp at this moment in time. He looks fat. He he has a bright spark at this moment in time. And I think he's just on the cusp of uh, hitting some form, hopefully. I'm interested to see when Bakuna gets a, gets a mm-hmm. show. Because he is, you know, he he's a, I, I, I may be wrong here, but he's no far off a Kent-type player when he's on his game. He could he could offer the same kind of uh, things for us as, as one of the front three as Kent. Right, you know, he's become a, a, a legend before his time. I think we, we, we have high, high hopes for him. I think they're a wee bit overstated, I've got to be honest. But he has a lot of potential, Adam. I think, right, um, if he develops. And I know we're seeing development. You're talking about Aribo being 25 and yep. was right, 22, 23 or something like yeah. that. But in Rangers terms, that's still young. And uh, 
he can do something in the SPFL. Last night might have just been a wee bit touched too high in terms of standard, but certainly he should be coming in and being a central figure for us in games like Sunday if, if he gets a nod. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought um, I thought Sakala did okay when he came on last night. I, I feel a little bit for him because he, if he's getting flung on in the... Yeah, it's hard for him. I don't know if it's 15-20 minutes every every week or so, so um, if Morelos does miss the game, we don't know yet, obviously, as, as we record on Friday night, I think Sakala probably through the middle with Roof uh, and right behind them would be pretty much what, what I would expect. Do, do you not think that Sakala is tailor-made as a wide striker on the right-hand side? I mean, uh, we've, seen, we've seen him a couple of times kind of get to the byline, get by players by sheer uh, will and force at his pace as opposed to trickery. I think he could be pretty potent out there. Yeah, and I think the changing front line would look good. That if, if we've got Roof, Sakala, and probably Rye, I mean, what what one one of the factors of our play last season and this season when we've been coherent is that front three interchanging. You know, whoever whoever he puts up there can play on either flank and through the middle, and that's good because it drags defenders all over the place. And that's when you had the likes of, of an Arfudo and a Rebo coming through from midfield and getting the goal. So hopefully Sakala come. I mean, let's be right, Alfie's not kicked his own arse for weeks now. And Ryan Kent's been badly out of form. So whilst I'd never wish injury on any of our players, and you know, you want them back to full fitness as soon as possible. If you had to choose two that were going to be out for a little bit, Alfie and Kent, you ain't shedding too many um, tears. Well, I'm not anyway, because I think they needed a rest. It's sad that it's been enforced by injury, but I think a rest will do a wee bit of good. So, yeah, hopefully Sakala comes in. He looks a wee bit raw, but the only way that's going to improve is to play matches, mate. Hopefully that starts on Sunday. Scott Wright's got to come in, you'd think, as a, as a tailor-made replacement for Kent. We've been raving about him since he came in January, mate. We've won a watch there, but he's another player. He's only going to get better by playing matches. That starts on Sunday. So, again, whilst I'd, I'd never want our players to get injured, that's absolutely not what I'm saying at all, but... Morelos and Kent needed a rest. It's sad that it's enforced, but a rest they're going to get. The players who come in now have got to show why. Scott Wright's already shown why he's a Rangers player. I like him. He's going to get better to do that in his matches. So it's now time for Zikonis to step up and show why he's a Rangers player. Start proving it. You know what I mean? He's not had many chances so far. Now he's got his chance. Gobble with both fans. Give Motherwell a doing on Sunday and let's get the season back on track properly. Absolutely. Okay, I think that will do us there. So um, all that's left for me to say is I hope everyone has a, a fantastic flag day on Sunday. Thank you all for the, the continued support of, of Heart and Hand. It's, it's very much appreciated. Tess, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, mate. It's 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 always nice to go on and chat about the Rangers. So yeah, cheers for having me, matey. Absolutely. And Andy, you've got a wee shout out to do. I've got a wee shout out. I feel like Tiger Tim. George Bowie. Uh, we shout out to Stephen Ironside and his daughter Annabelle. They were on my bus last night. He's a member of the Dallas uh, Rangers Supporters Club and, and, he's, and Annabelle's just starting uni in Scotland. So uh, he, he mentioned uh, he was a heart and hand listener. He was a bit starstruck to meet me, I've got to say. Oh, that's not true. That's, that's not true. But uh, aye, we shout out to him. Hope you're, you're home and safe. Brilliant. And thank you, Andy, for joining us. My pleasure. Okay. And again, thank you all for the support. We'll be back next week. Podcast Network.